Welcome to another episode of Explode, your expert business show brought to you by gtex.org.uk. I'm your host, Simone Vincenzi, the expert strategist, and this is the podcast for experts who want to become the ultimate authority in their niche while making an impact in the world. And today's episode 297, Smart Goals Do Not Work. How to Achieve Your Massive Goals with David Heiner. Now, for those of you that don't know David Heiner, he has interviewed more than 250 top achievers and and, uh, has a very different take on how we should be setting goals and even our daily to-do list. And uh, David Heiner, he is a researcher, he's a speaker, he's an author, and (laughs) this is uh, one of the funniest, probably one of the best interviews we did for this show. I really (laughs) want you to listen to it because you're going to be blown away. We're going to talk about uh, accepting that realistic goal actually uh, just get us, set us up for mediocrity (laughs) at its best going to understand how to think like top achievers when achieving goals, and also you're going to learn the two things that will catapult your success. And what I loved about this interview that uh, it can be applied in any area of your life and your business. That's why it was so great. And on top of that, as I mentioned, David Heiner is hilarious. (laughs) It was just such an incredible interview. So you can connect with David Heiner. All the links are in the show notes. And as well, if you want to read the interview and transcript and get the bonus resources, visit gtex.org.uk forward slash 297. So gtex.org.uk forward slash 297. Now, there is one more thing that I want to let you know before we get started, because uh, uh, we are running at the moment a five-day challenge called the Profile Builder Challenge, and it's all about visibility, um, getting known, getting published by the media. Now, you can't join that challenge anymore because we're almost finishing it. Actually, we're wrapping up as I'm recording this introduction, but there is something for you to get known in your field. In fact, the more you're known, the faster you will grow your business. And one of the best ways to get known and build your profile is to get featured on media and publications. But finding the right publication can take ages. And how do you connect with journalists, podcasters in the right way? How do you follow up and get uh, uh, the most of every feature that you have? This is why my team and I have spent uh, an entire month and more than £2,000 consolidating four years of data on global publications that are looking for contributors. We have created the Ultimate Publicity Bundle, where you will get access to a curated database of more than 500 media publications that are looking for contributors, more than 100 podcasts looking for guests, 20 different niches, my templates on how to connect with journalists, my follow-up framework to maximize every single speaking opportunity and as well um, feature opportunity that you have and on top of that you will also have um, our Trello tracker to track all the opportunities that you're applying and all this is uh, for only $29.99 so $29.99 and you can get all our publications all our features and the tracker and everything else. So make sure you get it right now before we increase the price and the link is in the show notes or you can find it at gtex.events forward slash publicity iPhone bundle. So gtex.events forward slash publicity iPhone bundle. Let me say one more time. gtex.events forward slash publicity iPhone bundle. So that's all for me today. Enjoy the rest of the episode, which is episode 297. 
Smart goals do not work. How to achieve your massive goals with David Heinemann. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Explode, your expert business show. And today I'm here with the one and only David Heiner. How are you doing, David? I'm rocking, mate. Yeah, thanks for inviting me on, Simone. Rocking. So we are in the middle of a pandemic right now of this lockdown situation. And if there is one thing that you're going to do after this, this, this episode, I'm telling you up front, is to follow David. Because if you just follow him on Facebook, you are going to have a blast to read every single status update that he's going to put on. Um, you will have a feel probably <laughs> about David's personality during this interview. Uh, and what we're going to talk about today is uh, why smart goals don't work. Everyone is bloody talking about creating smart goals and you're there saying that they don't work. A bit controversial that, David. Um, and in particular, how can we succeed in the middle of uh, this crazy situation we are a bit in? Um, before we get started, though, David, can you tell us a bit more, like, how the heck did you end up... Uh, like destroying smart goals reputation all over the country. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, I'm gonna I'm gonna use that. I'm destroying smart goals reputation. Um, uh, s- send me a check after. <laughs> <laughs> send Polish people instead. Um, right, <laughs> right. I, I, I'm one of the few professional speakers that became a speaker by accident. Uh, I was a chef. That's where I get my wonderful kung fu panda physique from, and. <laughs> I had a catering and event management business. I was busy trying to grow the business, but sadly, I was a bad business owner. I was micromanaging. I wouldn't delegate. So the irony was we were very good at what we did because everything was micromanaged within an inch of its life, but I wasn't growing the business. I looked for something or somebody to blame. I realized it was me. And I had to swallow a bit of No way. (laughs) (laughs) That's like, and uh, I, had to, I, had, I had to change and I had to, I realized and accepted I had to change. Fortunately, because we were good at what we did, my customers were the who's who of the West Midlands. We're talking entrepreneurs, captains of industry, football club owners and managers and hmm. celebrities. And so I was able to be on first name terms with these people. And a bit like we're chatting now, Simone, it was like we'd be talking work and then I'd go, come on, mate, just, just tell me. What is it you do differently? How do you think and behave differently to everybody else? Mm-hmm. And they started to tell me, and I'll be honest with you, it contradicted anything I'd ever read, ever seen presented on a training course, ever been told in my life, especially around the subject of personal effectiveness and massive and, and goal setting. Right. Because all of us are taught to set realistic and achievable goals or smart goals, and not one person in now 22 years later... <laughs> 258 research interviews not one of them when asked the question how do you set goals said "Ooh, i set realistic and achievable goals in fact i'd go further they think of realistic goals as going it's just like it's just a no-brainer for them tim watts who started europe's largest recruitment company per temps at the time of interview mm-hmm. he said realistic goals set people up to be mediocre at best True. And so True. When, when I realized that they were all doing this, I started to use what they taught me. I started to achieve proper stuff for the first time in my life. Mm-hmm. And then people started asking me to speak. And I was going, no, I'm not a speaker. 
And then I realized that if I shared this, it would help people. And I, instead of it being ego driven, I actually started being of service. I learned how to speak. Well, I could speak obviously, but I learned how to present. (laughs) And uh, 20 years later, I am privileged to have spoken to over a million people all over the world. No, that's insane. I mean, uh, everywhere uh, I've been in the speaking industry for about, uh, but the moment of this recording, uh, uh, eight and a half years, um, and uh, your name came came a lot up <laughs> in this eight eight and a half years. So, uh, and <laughs> well, <laughs> well, <laughs> well, where shall I start? No, absolutely, in a very good way. And it's like if you want to be a really good speaker, you got to follow David Heiner. Oh, bless you. Um, and has been the average, like the feedback that I've been receiving and the comments I've been receiving across the board for years. But that's why I, we met in person. We've been connected for, for a few years online, but we met in person, uh, what's that, a PSA um, uh, yeah. conference for the first time. It was a, it was a great moment. I was like, yeah, I feel a bit emotional about that. Uh, anyway. Uh, have an effect on people. <laughs> you, you do. You certainly do. Um, so I have a, I want actually to go back to the, to the chef time of your life because that's something we have in common. Uh, I started my career in the catering industry. Wow. Uh, I managed my first Michelin star restaurant at 19. Um, that's why I came to the UK uh, to work in restaurants and to manage restaurants. Right. Uh, so I was, I'm, I'm curious now, like what, what, what kind of chef are, are you or where are you? Uh, <laughs> in particular, like trends, cuisine, uh, I, I mean, I, I, tr- I trained classically, um, although I went to work up, I left college and went to work in the highlands of Scotland in the middle of nowhere in this little country house hotel. Mm-hmm. And the owner was not hospitality trained. He just had an awful lot of money and bought this place. But he, he <laughs> yeah, done, <it> happens. <laughs> he'd done yeah. a Cordon Bleu cookeries course and he... And he taught me how to mix the very finest of fresh food with the very best of convenience food to create food that was consistently better than just, cons- just convenience food or just fresh mm-hmm. food. And it was a game changer for me. Um, I learned how to manage a kitchen. Um, when I came home, I started my catering business in Birmingham. And we very quickly got ourselves a little niche because to my knowledge we were the only uh, non-chinese chefs in england at the time <laughs> who, who were doing the chinese food garnishing and decorations so muggins here okay. you can, i don't know if i still could I haven't done it in over 20 years but i used to carve oranges and swans out of watermelons and things like that centerpiece oh. so cold buffet work was our speciality oh, um, yes. but because of the event management side we also ended up doing barbecues for like two and a half thousand people and boardroom lunches and wedding receptions it was it was an enjoyable time but as you know hard work it is it is i i I did catering shift like three four days catering shift no sleep you go set up break down in a castle and that's what you gotta do um it is uh, i was your arch enemy because uh, i was managing the floor and as you know floor and kitchen they they (laughs) They don't go, they don't go. If you're, if you're listening right now, you ever worked in a restaurant, you understand what I mean. If you don't understand what I mean, um, the floor, the waiters and managers thinks that every fault is there and every problem is the kitchen's problem. It's the kitchen and the cook and the chef's fault. 
and the chefs think that all waiters are idiots and they're useless because uh, that's actually, they're just carrying dishes to people. <laughs> that's generally the feeling that there is in the kitchen. <laughs> in, 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 I, I summed up every restaurant in the world right now. <laughs> true, true. Absolutely true. Um, <laughs> although I have to say, in my business, uh, we, they either worked as a team or they were gone. I, I never, I never took, I never took anybody who thought that they were better than anybody else. You know, we, we were either a team or you weren't part of the team. Uh, this is, uh, this is very rare in that industry. Very, very rare. Um, I worked in about said, at least 200 restaurants because I was part of a catering group. So they were sending me from restaurant to restaurant. And I always wanted to learn, so I wouldn't stay more than a few months in a particular restaurant. Um, I only, the longest one I stayed was this one in, here in the UK, uh, which Asagi, which is a, an Italian Michelin star restaurant in, in Notting Hill. And that was for a year and a half. That was my longest uh, ever employment that I've ever had. Um, <laughs> all the rest was just like a few months from one, learn, go, learn, go, learn, go. You're, you were either very good or totally unemployable, is what I'm hearing. I was, I was really good, but it kept <laughs> offering me more money. I was, uh, I, I was called the bitch of, uh, the, of, my, of the catering industry in my, in my town, in my hometown. <laughs> because, uh, as you know, people in the catering industry. And then we will start at some point talking about goal setting. I, don't, yeah. I haven't, I've not forget it, but I'm just having a great chat right now. Uh, as you know, people in the catering industry, they will have dinners at other people's restaurant to see who to poach. And uh, I never had to submit a CV. I was just like poached every single time and they were offering me more money and less working hours. I, I, I was a 17, 18, 19. I'm like, why do I have to stay here? <laughs> so yeah, I, I, I was a bit like that. Um, but yeah, it's a gr great job, man. Um, so coming back to my well, catering yeah, We ought to sit down and have a dinner and chat, chat catering one day. We, we definitely do and tell our like catering horror stories. Uh, you know, the, the, like the time, <laughs> <laughs> the time where, you know, like you, you have to serve an entire tray of lasagna and you forget your towel or your napkin or like the towel and you burn your entire arm and you still have to smile and serve that bloody thing of lasagna so <laughs> fun stories but let's go let's go let's go and talk about smart goals why let's do you do some hate, work let's do some work right exactly uh, why do you hate smart goals so much why they don't work what has your research shown well by nature being from birmingham i'm a natural skeptic right <laughs> so I'm, I'm an unusual motivational speaker in that if I'm saying something, I can back it up because... So you are the motivational speaker? Yeah, or... no, well, no, I'm not. No. <laughs> but but, but I, I will have... If I doubt something, I'll find out if it's true. Right? Right. So when all the top achievers were saying, Dave, I set massive goals, but I knew that we were all being taught smart goals, realistic and achievable targets, I thought, well, if they're teaching smart on the MBA... Most business leadership courses, management courses, Institute of Leadership and Management, and in every business school mm -hmm. in the world that I'm aware of, there's got to be some credibility to it. You know, maybe these top achievers are just whimsy, whimsy people. So I tracked it down. And when everyone talks about SMART goals, I've never once heard anyone credit the originator of the acronym SMART. So I, I went on a mission. Let's track it down. Let's find out the truth. 
George T. Duran was a project manager who worked on multi-billion dollar water utility projects. I have read everything I have ever been able to find that he has written. Not once have I found him saying, and he's often quoted as saying, your goal should be smart. Not once. Seven times I have found him saying something along the lines of, when you work on a really big project or goal, the steps to your goal should be smart. That's different. Hmm. That's different. He worked on colossal goals and projects. Yeah, yeah. He yeah, never yeah. set smart goals. And so frequently, if ever I do an event for MBAs or academics, you know, I, I roundly get ridiculed and booed for it because, because I, they go, well, smart goals. So I go, what's it based on? And they go, well, it's just the way it is. I went, mm -hmm. really? <laughs> <laughs> like the earth was flat. Is yeah. the way it is. <laughs> I say, you've got, that's the way it is. I've got 258 research interviews and track down the person who created the acronym SMART. <laughs> Come on, have a go. You're <laughs> idea, mate. You know, and I've also got 1 million people who have experienced this and we've had people use the goal setting process, massive goals, to go on to achieve British European World Sporting Champions, millionaires in business, charity fundraising, rock stars, academic superstars, and I could go on. Oh, what, what, what's yours based on again? So why, why doesn't it work? Why doesn't it work? Like what's wrong with the, with, the, with the philosophy? Because really effective people set really big goals and set realistic and achievable steps to their massive goals. They mm -hmm. do not set realistic goals. That's why they become top achievers. <laughs> <laughs> No way. <laughs> it's just, every, everyone expects my research to be full of like deep, profound, complicated stuff with really long words. No, every single thing I've learned from the top achievers in 22 years is easy, simple and obvious. But it means hard work and it means all of us having to think and behave a little bit differently. That's it. That's so, it. huge goals, set huge goals and then massive goals and then create and set achievable steps in the uk in the uk there's a children's joke in the playground which is how do you eat the elephant one bite at a time right mm -hmm. that's it so you break down the massive goal into little bitty steps and whilst your time energy motivation and resources at its greatest you do the hardest things first so that oh simone forgive me i'm going to use you you you, you, don't, you don't know what i'm going to do here <laughs> Do you I'm, do I'm ready to turn my camera off and mute myself. That's the power okay. of Zoom. So, <laughs> and I'm the host, so I can kick you out. Please, go ahead. <laughs> okay, well, let's flip it. Let's talk about... Um, no, 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 go for it. I'm joking. I was, I was joking. I'm, I'm up for it. Go, go. Can you your clients on your amazing GTEx program and mastermind groups? Yeah. Would you agree when they start off, they make lots of to-do lists? Yes. Yeah, daily, weekly, love a, love a good list. And they look down the list and go, I can get that done, quick win. So they go off, get it done, come back, they cross it off and they feel good because we like sure. crossing off, don't we? Sure. They then look down the list and go, I can get that done. They go off and get it done, come back, cross it off, feel smug. Then when there's no one looking, they write something on the list they've already done just so they can cross it off. Now, I'm sure you don't do that. <laughs> Never. <laughs> I don't. And do you have a sound effect for like... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, mate, I've got a sound, but of course I've got a sound effect for that. That's it's like. But, so, <laughs> <laughs> what, 
why <laughs> that is like you know that's like a car crash of a to-do list because yeah. at the end of the day when your time energy motivation and resources at its least you've got the sprouts left to eat no one wants sprouts mm. left on their plate i so hate what, sprouts i hate sprouts so what were we taught by our parents eat the sprout first so so mm. do the biggest scariest most intimidating task on yeah. your to-do list first that way when everybody else's goal gets harder yours therefore can only get easier it's that's, such a, that's very, that is so simple but powerful at the same time uh, I, I did a post a few days ago because uh, you know I'm a, I'm a workaholic I admit it I admit it this is uh, this is uh, my hi my name is Simone Vincenzi and I'm a workaholic <laughs> uh, uh, a good 12-step process for workaholics should be invented <laughs> and I got a lot of people saying Simone you work too much you work too hard like you got to take more days off and everyone who is saying that uh, they're not the people that I aspire to be. And so... Lace closed, doesn't it? Right? And I'm saying, okay, that, that's your reality. That's for you. But it's the, the input, the output of my work is compared to the size of the dreams that I have. And if I want to create a billion pound company, which is what I want to create with GTEx, I ain't stopping until that happens. It might happen, it might not happen, but I ain't stopping. And so... It's easy to just uh, set something which is easily achievable. It's easy. It's easy to say, I want to get two more clients. Yeah. What if you get 200 more clients? And, and I have to catch myself all the time. Unfortunately, I got people that stretch my boundaries. That instead of saying, you know what, Simone, instead of doing a launch and be happy with 10 people, why don't you go for 100 people? <laughs> <laughs> And the sound effect for that too. <laughs> so, <laughs> I know you got it. Let's go for, uh, well, 200 people. <clears throat> we like that. We like that. We like that. We like that. So it, it is important to set massive goals. Now, the question that I have right now for you is, um, I got two questions for you. One, the first one is regarding this pandemic. You know, right now is a moment where a lot of people going to self-preservation. Um, is it psychologically studied that people have two reactions? Either yeah. they, they will just like fight like hell and be like, oh, I'm going to come up as the strongest of the pack uh, from this. Or they're just going to do nothing and freeze and just wait for the war to happen. Yeah. So in this particular time, it's very difficult or more challenging to set this massive goal when you see you go around and you know you go out and there is ghost town don't see anyone around you go in the supermarket and you can't get a freaking delivery slot from us that is called Salisbury uh, <laughs> which is like simple things right and now I'm there thinking about creating this massive goal I can't get and get my toilet paper a few, few weeks ago so What's your, what's your suggestion in this situation? Like, how can people cope with that? The most important thing for me, from what I have seen, because I, I love studying behavior. I love watching people's facial reactions and body language and whether their words match their actions. I, I love that. I love watching behavior. Behavioral understanding as a subject is just lovely. Mm -hmm. um, and... I see a lot of people struggling, but not talking. Mm -hmm. And you know, I'm, I'm as guilty as charged there. I had a bit of a wobble last week when things were tough outside the room here. Um, cause we've got a care situation going on outside in the house and you know, it got a bit tough and 
I had a bit of a wobble, but I dipped a toe in the water of asking for support from people who I trusted. And there was an avalanche of support that came back. I think especially men, because women tend to be better at this than men. In fact, women tend to be better at most things than men, in my experience. Pretty much. But, yeah, <laughs> true, isn't it? Um, but I think all of us, we need to accept the fact, rather than just understand it, we need yeah. to accept the fact that 97% of the time we'll be a little bit rhino. And 3% of the time, instead of resisting it, we need to be just honest and say, actually, sometimes we're just going to have a bit of a cow day. And we can choose rhino, mm -hmm. but not at the risk of dealing, not dealing with that. We, we mm -hmm. need to accept the fact that occasionally things aren't awesome and deal with it so that we can go rhino. Right. The, the, and, and one of the best things we can do to go rhino is to skill up use this time especially if you're not at work if you're not a key worker god bless you if you are thank you for all you do and especially the underrated ones like delivery drivers and uh, teachers and care workers in particular nhs deserve everything they get but all of you out there working god bless you but one thing we can do is if we're stuck at home is skill up do not get sucked mm -hmm. into binge watching netflix box sets and mm -hmm. there's a place for that, of course, but you know, don't get sucked yeah. into just having endless Zoom coffee chats with people. You know, do something productive like we're doing. Try to serve people, but skill up. Learn yeah. a musical instrument. Write a book. Learn that piece of technology. Get a qualification. Start a business. Do something so that when you do come out of it, you're ahead of the curve. I totally agree with you. I mean, of course, every situation is different. There was this uh, post about J.K. Rowling. Uh, I, I don't know if you saw it, like putting down. So J.K. Rowling sent this, this tweet, which uh, th there is a place for it. Uh, because there was a, like a lot of like coaches, speakers like myself and yourself saying, you know, like use this time productively. Uh, don't let it waste. And then uh, there are <laughs> J.K. Rowling and this post and say, you know what, all this life coach, like, F you all these life coaches saying you should do something. If you are dealing with a tough situation, deal with that in the best way you can. You don't even need to scale up. And, you know, I think that there are both sides of the coin are true because there are situations where, as you said, you know, deal with the, with the cow <laughs> and you got to deal with the cow, deal with the, what's there. And maybe it's not the time to think about that massive goal is the time to think about how do I reach tomorrow? And that's okay. That's the win. Well, the, the, the magic word you said there is work with what's true. That's all we can do. If mm. you try to go rhino when you're having a cow day, no, it's not going to happen. It's not going to work. But if you're not having a cow day, go rhino. Go rhino. Exactly. It's is it? I know you've been doing uh, some, uh, some stuff because a lot of people that are listening uh, to us, they are coaches, they're speakers, they're trainers like myself, like yourself. Uh, I know you've been doing uh, actually quite uh, a lot of things uh, which were really interesting to get clients. And um, I was reading this post, I think it was uh, the Alan Stevens remote speaking group that, that you put on. So what are some of the things that you did uh, that worked uh, to, so that someone is there can have more inspiration, maybe something that they can do too? Well, in our industry, there's a lot of pontificating about having to be seen to be awesome and i'm from birmingham so we don't do that um, i'm very very honest so i'm going to put my hand up and say five weeks ago i sat at my computer and panicked because i literally over the course of the next three days saw my diary go from the busiest year on record in the bookings to graveyard 
empty. Mm -hmm. And for three days, I just stood and sat and stared at the screen. Mm -hmm. I was, I was just frozen. You know, I was definitely milky, milky. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> and then because I tend to be a little bit rhino most of the time, mm -hmm. I thought, right, I don't know if it's the right thing to do, but I'm going to do something. I'm going to do something big. So I'm very lucky. I get this, right? Lucky. This is luck. Over the last four or five years, I've created a ton of audio and video content yeah. to help customers. And what I do, if you're a speaker, coach, trainer, or consultant watching this, um, please start creating content, audio, video, and written content. Because even if you don't sell it, I, I didn't make it to sell. I do, but I didn't. Mm -hmm. I did it so that I could charge higher speaking fees yeah. And if people went, oh, that's rather a lot of money, I could turn around to them and go, oh, did I tell you that every single one of your 300 delegates are going to get £100 worth of audio and video resources post-event? Do the maths. Am I really that expensive? Mm -hmm. And it, so it positions product as being leverage Good. for my value. So I charge more, Give because the content costs me nothing other than my time to make. Yeah. However, because I've been doing it for four or five years, I've got this massive Dropbox folder full of yeah. I mean, thousands of pounds worth of content that my customers love. So what I did was for three days after having my little steep in self-pity, I, <laughs> I went rhino and I worked for three days, two nights, almost through the night, creating folders of content that I knew would serve my customers. Mm -hmm. Now, my customers are chief execs of big companies, they're staff teams and medium-sized companies, when I speak at conferences, and they are students and staff in colleges and high schools and universities. Yeah. So three very different... Different niches, audiences. very different niches. So I packaged up all the content and I gave it away. Over the next 10 days, I gave away about £20,000 worth of content. I said, here, if you've got students of off school send them this content Go for it. If you've got staff off send them this content if you've got you know chief execs here's what you do at home if you're worried about having to make staff redundant or furloughed so i gave 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 and then one educational authority came back to me and went dave content's brilliant can we buy all of it i went buy Oh, uh, yes. Yes, of course you can. Sure. You Absolutely. Can like, what, why, why not? <laughs> it's <laughs> bank details. <laughs> they said, uh, said, we've got 43 schools. Is that all right? I went, oh, you're righty then. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, <laughs> and, and so 43 packages sold. And I've sold lots more since, and I've got some other inquiries. So, so what I, in these times, it's, it's not about sort of give to then sell. It's genuinely serve your audience, serve mm -hmm. your customers, help them in any way you can. Uh, say that there's other stuff they can buy if they want to, but give, yeah. serve them. The people who come out of this will be the people who help. I've already had uh, chief execs, um, small business owners, and teachers in schools come back to me and say you're giving us this we'll remember this mm -hmm. and they will they will and they, and they will because that's the that's the amount of things that you've done and so you say you're lucky but i gotta say you you you, you were you've been really smart for five years creating <laughs> all that content and yeah. then you end you find a way to use it 
Now, of course, it's not that if you guys are listening and you say, oh, I haven't created, it means you're stupid. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that this is something to keep in the back of your mind to create a business that it have multiple entry points. Yeah. Like that was one of the reasons why GTEx has not been affected as much because, uh, you know, we run predominantly seminars and training, live training. So we have two sides of GTEx. One is uh, the turning experts into authorities when we run online program, live events, but live events are the biggest one. And we had to reschedule more than 150 live events this year that we have. We run about 200 events a year. Wow. So, and that's been overnight. And uh, on the corporate side, because we do sales training for recruitment agencies, which my business partner, Ben, does, in one day, we lost 100,000 pound worth of client. In one day, three, three phone calls, three contracts gone with another potential quarter of a million pound contract that we were working on, which you took about six months to build. And then and now everything is posed and we don't know if we can have the conversation again. So, you know, what, you got the moment when you was like, it's 10 o'clock in the morning and I need a whiskey right now. <laughs> and I'm not even, and I'm not even ashamed to, to, to get this whiskey right now. So fortunately, I didn't get, get a whiskey, but uh, uh, if, because I didn't have it, otherwise I would totally uh, got, got my glass. It's time to put big, big pants on, big boy and big girl big pants, pants on. on. But yeah. like for the past, uh, for the past four, five years, uh, no, for the past six years, we've been working on also having and building a strong online side. Yeah. Where we the members area, online programs, we had more than 40, no, uh, 27 different online programs that were already ready. We had already membership area. Uh, the business was already set up to move from events to online. So what we did, we turned off event, we switched on online even more. And that's why our revenues didn't drop other than the corporate side, which now we are finding ways and we're getting new clients doing other, uh, other strategies. But uh, um, it is about thinking not only how can you create a business that uh, where you can where it just has one source, but what happens if that falls away? Yeah. There are a lot of speakers right now that like, like yourself, David, they had, they had tough moments because they say, I just have my speaking. Oh, it, it, it kills me. I mean, I, I know of three speakers already who have had to go and get jobs. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's tough. It's tough, but we're tough. We're tougher than, we think we are we are more resilient than we think we are um all we need is a very very clear massive goal with a and and without getting too fluffy right because i'm from birmingham we don't do fluffy woolly we do slappy kicky right but um, <laughs> but you must have a reason why you must achieve yeah. and succeed that is bigger than your fears and insecurities around failure true true you must have a the, the, pur the purpose word. You must have a purpose. You must have a reason why you must that is bigger than your fears and insecurities. Yeah. That way, when, not if, the bad times come, all you'll do is pick yourself up, brush yourself down, look them in the eye and go, is that all you got? And you'll go again and again and again. So what's, what's your reason why? What's your reason why? Oh, I actually have a purpose statement. I, w I won't read it out here because it's, it's personal. It's my purpose. Sure. But in essence, it's around being of service, having as much fun as possible. You know, I'm 53, not a gray hair in my head. Man, you, got, you got more hair than me. Like I got to put them down. 
I, I, I really have to deal with this. I got to put them down and cover the, the, the bold patches. And I'm 30, 32, man. I put it down to immaturity. I find it very difficult to take anything seriously. I tried being mature and grown up, and it was the worst 30 minutes of my life. Never doing it. <laughs> um, so, so it's about, I mean, you, you, I don't know if anyone can hear my, my son. He's got severe autism out there. So it's about, it's about being loyal and of service to my son and my wife yeah. outside of this door. Yeah. It's about trying to help and touch as many people's lives as I can. You know, I want legacy. I don't want to leave a legacy. I want to live it. Oh man, that's so powerful. Thank you for sharing. I appreciate it. Pleasure. That's, that's what keeps us going every day and not give up. Uh, so very, uh, and for everyone who's listening right now, if you're listening or watching, depending on where you're uh, getting this content from, think about what's your reason why? Why are you willing to put yourself through this? Because uh, any business, I mean, we are talking now about the coaching, speaking, training industry, but any business is tough. Yeah. tough. So why do you do this to yourself? That's the question. Like you got to have a strong reason why. Otherwise, get a job is easier. Um, <laughs> like, <laughs> and too many people and organizations <laughs> will either get a PR company to write their purpose for them or they'll confuse purpose as just being a motivational glib statement ah. stuck on reception wall. No, it, it must be, it must be a phrase or a paragraph or a sentence that when you're deciding, should I do this thing by looking at your purpose statement, you ask yourself, can I be that person by doing that thing? True. And if the, if the answer is yes, have a go. It's probably right for you. But if, if you can't be that person by doing that thing, walk away, walk away. That's great, man. So let's, let's go there to wrap, wrapping up this interview. We are in the final part. They're lifting the veil. Um, you either will not have to strip in this part. Don't worry about that. Uh, I know you were actually excited. When I told him about lifting the veil before. And, and I was in the sky. It's often worse. It, it, it was like, <laughs> finally, can I? Uh, so lifting the veil where... Very I ask, risky. I'll just do undo it. <laughs> just undo the button. <laughs> just one. <laughs> just, just to have a sneak peek. Just, just for, for the ladies and the gentlemen that it will enjoy. Uh, so now... The, uh, <laughs> I, got, I see I got distracted now. You, you, I, I have that effect on people, you, you know. You, you do, you do, <laughs> you do, man. Um, so this is the part where we ask all our guests to share a tool, an app, a book, something you have discovered recently that made a, a positive impact in your life or business that is worth sharing with a word. What's that for you? Okay, well, I'm, I'm an experiential person, so I'm not a massive reader of books. And also because, because I am a bit of a magpie, you know, I'm a focus, fo oh, look, shiny thing. So I have, I have to stay my focused. My brother. <laughs> <laughs> so I have to stay focused on my research because people don't pay me to quote Dale Carnegie, Tony Robbins, Zig Ziglar. You know, they pay me for my research. So, mm -hmm. I, so I deliberately have avoided reading plethoras of books. Mm -hmm. However, there have been two books that have, genuinely made me better mm -hmm. a better human being and a better businessman mm -hmm. uh, and both of them were recommended by top achievers in fact the first book is a crazy book but it was it was by a country mile over and above any biography autobiography business strategy book the most common book quoted by top achievers when i said is there a book that's been a game changer for mm -hmm. you 
um, and it was called Rhinoceros Success by Scott Alexander. It's a thin oh. book, large print, lots of pictures. And so it's not a deep dive by any stretch. It's, it's about cows and rhinos. And Scott Alexander wrote this book. It was a global bestseller. And I'll be honest with you, many people like me would pick it up, start reading it and put it down and go, <laughs> but actually if you push through and read it to the end, I dare you not to be motivated. It's, it's all, he talks about how 97% of the population behave like cows, 3% behave like rhinos, and we can choose. And he shows us how. And more top achievers have quoted Rhinoceros Success by Scott Alexander than any other book. The second one, which was emotionally and mentally a game-changing book for me, was the classic by Dr. Viktor Frankl man's search for meaning mm -hmm. again it's a short book <laughs> there's a theme here um, uh, and it's in two parts the first part is his experiences in the death camps of auschwitz during the second world war mm -hmm. and the second half of the book is his perspective as a psychologist and psychoanalyst yeah. on how and why certain people survived and others didn't and i have to say i learned more from that book than anything else I have ever read in my life. Uh, very, very powerful. Very yeah. powerful. Uh, I, I'm a bit like yourself. Uh, um, I like when uh, I hate. I hate reading. I think I read uh, like four books in my life, and uh, all the four of them was because of my coaching certification. Uh, so I had to. <laughs> but I love learning. I love learning and I love listening. So when Audible came out, I was like, yes. Oh, but, then, but then listening to audiobooks became too long and I just started getting like audiobooks bite size. Just give me the summary. Give me the bullet points in audio format. <laughs> I don't want to even <laughs> read them. <laughs> so no, I, I can see that. So Rhinoceros Success, Scott Alexander, a man's search for a meaning. What's the author again? Who's the author again? Dr. Victor with a K, V-I-K-T-O-R. Frankel is F-R-A-N-K-L. Dr. Victor Frankel. All right, that's brilliant. So all this, uh, the links are going to be in the resources. Uh, disclaimer, there is no affiliate, direct affiliation with these books. They're just great resources for you. Bling. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so David, it's been an absolute pleasure having, uh, having you on the show. Uh, it was you, long overdue. I uh, had a blast. Absolute blast. Been a good yeah. one. Okay. So if, if someone wants to reach out to you, uh, wants to become a rhino, if someone wants to become a rhino, reach out to you, or maybe they have a, an organization, they're looking for a great speaker to come in. What's the best way to reach out to you? Well, I'm very easy to find. In fact, I've had people say I'm over the internet like a rash. Um, <laughs> so as long as I spell my name right, H-Y-N-E-R, David Heiner and I've got davidheiner.com is my speaker website you can connect with me and watch my videos every week on YouTube or if you fancy something of a deeper depth dive um, I've got some video training courses on Udemy U-D-E-M-Y.com again just put in my name you'll find me and I'm here to help and serve so if I can help anyone just get in touch that's brilliant. So davidheiner.com, David Heiner, every social media platform, all the social media links and website are in the comments, in the show notes. Make sure you get in touch. Now, David, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much again for being part of Explode Your Expert Business Show. And for everyone who is listening or watching right now, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. If you haven't subscribed yet, what are you waiting for? Subscribe. Do it. Right now, do like, it. right, do it, do it, oh, do oh, it. Oh, 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 can I add one last thing? Uh, I don't know. Uh, how much? It, 
You'll be glad I did. Okay, go for it. Right. One of the things I learned from Top Achiever interviews is that they have mastermind groups. They meet with their peers who are at and above their level and they support each other and hold each other accountable to achieve. By being in something like GTEx with Simone, what you're doing is you're putting yourself in that environment where you are surrounding with people who will eyeball you, support you and hold you accountable to achieve more. Have a word with him. Seriously, it was worth sharing. Thank you. Sharing, I'm, I'm, yes. I'm glad. I'm glad I gave it. So I'll wave the check that uh, I said I was going to send you for uh, <laughs> at the beginning of the interview. Uh, what a beautiful way to wrap up. If you haven't subscribed, make sure you subscribe, and I will see you next time for another episode of Explode Your Expert Business Show. Ciao. Thank you for listening to Explode Your Expert Business Show. If you enjoyed the interview, please subscribe to the show and leave us a review. Every week we will select a winner from the reviews that we get. So it might be you. Make sure you give us a review. It means the world to us and that's how you can help us grow the show. Also remember to download the Expert Business Checklist to get the roadmap on how to become an authority in your field. The link is in the show notes or you can visit gtex.events forward slash expert iPhone checklist. So it's gtex.events forward slash expert iPhone checklist. And as well, finally, if you want to receive daily support in your coaching and speaking business or explore how we can work together, join our private Facebook group, Explode Your Expert Biz. Again, you can find it on Facebook at Explode Your Expert Biz or the link is in the show notes. Thank you very much for listening and until next time, remember that together we grow exponentially.